When peace like a river attended my way, when souls like sea billows Sabbath. I hope we're doing well and for the sake of the recording and since we have a number of people who then watch a bit later, well, I'm just going to do a rundown and go, try and go through our intro a, a bit and then get into our story again and I trust we've tried to get the story in. Thank you for praying. A lot of you are coming that, that they are praying. Thank you so much. We need the prayers right now. So yeah, we just looked at the story from Second Samuel chapter 13 from verse 11 going down to verse 22. Uh, it says, uh, now when she had brought them he, to him to eat, he took hold of her and said, come lie to me, my sister. Um, but she answered him, no, my brother, do not force me for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. And I, where could I take my shame? And as for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, um, um, now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. However, he will not heed to your voice, and being stronger than she, he forced you and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love which, we, which he had loved it. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. So this is a story of Tamar, a story that we know uh, growing up, a story of this, this, uh, this brother who sexually assaults his sister. And um, the sad bit is that in the end, this, this, this story ends in just, um, she's filled with shame, she has to change her clothes, and you know, there's all those emotional 
emotional toll that she she goes through because of these experiences. And sadly, it ends it ends on the negative side because Absalom harbors this hatred towards this half brother of his, and in the end, there is loss of life and all. So I hope even uh, as we go through our life experiences and our different circumstances, our stories do not end just on this uh, on this hatred and um, this bitterness for the experience that we go through. But I want us to also look at John chapter four, verse twenty nine. This talks about the woman at the well. After she sees Christ, um, after she sees Christ, uh, she then says on verse 29, she then says, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And that was the turning point of her life. The moment she met Christ, it was not just about the life that she lived. It was not about the scars she carried, the scars that made her live a life of shame and guilt, but it was now a different kind of encounter. So yeah. Our story and our, our topic today, like we mentioned, our story, our title today is um, I fell in love with my abuser, but God, I hope we all have the same prayer as we go, as we, after, at the end of these things, we may be stuck to our past, to the different things we go through, but in the end, there has to be the comma and the but God. So yeah, I want to welcome our guest today. Sister Saraina Mayoyo, and I trust that it's going to be uh, going on well once again. So welcome, Saraina. Thank you so much, Ursula. Thank you for having me. And I am excited and looking forward to what God has for us in this platform this afternoon. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'm glad it seems it's working and the prayers, are, God really does hear prayers. So yeah, we were just starting and that's when the, yeah, we had that encounter. But well, well let's start again on, the, on, on, on knowing you better. Who is Tarayina Mayoyo? Okay, so... I think um, I, want, I want to start it there as well, you know, for the sake of this number two recording, that um, I find myself in both the women that you've just started with, you know. Uh, the topic for this afternoon, I fell in love with my abuser, comma, but God, which is really what I tried to coin my life experience that I share in my book about who this woman is and where she comes from. And I feel that you've just, you know, uh, fused these two women as to make up my like Tamar and the Samaritan woman where there was a difficulty, a traumatic experience that happened in the past. But then the story of the Samaritan woman has a comma, but God, which also speaks to where I am right now. I usually um, like to call myself a daughter. I, 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 I call myself a daughter of God because at times, you know, we feel that we are, we are servants of God too much that we think we are doing God a favor by being here and by doing what we do. And I feel that, you know, the favor is on the other side. You know, the favor is on God's side towards me. When I do what I do now, it is not a favor. To God. I'm not working for God. I am a daughter in the kingdom of God. I am just doing my father's business. That's why I love being called a daughter. But in terms of maybe, let's say, career profession, I'm, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a life coach. One of my greatest roles, though, is being a mother and a wife um, right now to a beautiful daughter and to a king. I'm a wife to a king, I usually say. But that's not where my story started, you know? So maybe in the course of our conversation, we're going to find out where the story started. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much for that, uh, for that introduction. It's amazing. Once we, we find ourselves, our worth in Christ, 
that's the best title. That's the best thing to define us. All these things come second. But once we know who we are in Christ, nothing can take us down. Not even our past, not even what are we going through, you know? So yeah, I tend to like, to, to like that type of introduction. So yeah, the first time I reached out to you, this, this young girl and says, please come and talk to us. We have this show for the story of unfulfilled dreams. What came to mind? What comes to mind when you hear the, 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 the title, A Story of Unfulfilled Dreams? Yeah. So, so, so when I saw the, the, the title, Unfulfilled Dreams, it, it really shook me. It, it spoke to me. I don't know why, but there was like a tremor within myself. I think it's such a pregnant title, you know, Unfulfilled Dreams. So many of us are carrying bitterness. We are not even aware because we feel that God has disappointed us in some way because we had dreams, you know. We, we, we feel that we trusted God with certain things. We put our faith to it, but still those things did not come to pass. And, and, and maybe even in our walk with God, in our journey with God, we, we walk grudgingly. We have so many complaints because we feel that he has disappointed us and mm. he has not kept his side of the bargain, you know? And, and, and also I think it took me back the topic, the title of this program took me back to the young girl that I was. Um, very impressionable, very happy, lover of life. And, and you know, as we, when we grow up as young girls, I mean, I'm sure most, if not all, young girls, there is this, this, um, this normal nuance that is placed in our minds, which is, you might, you, you're gonna grow up, you're gonna be this beautiful woman, you're gonna have this family, this husband, these two kids. Yeah, this picket fence <laughs> and a dog. You know, so, so all of us have this picture of a Prince Charming, me being this damsel, maybe in distress or whatever. But we have that picture where there's gonna be a white dress and there's gonna be this and all of that. And also when we grow up in church, you know, we, we, this, this picture gets drawn indirectly at times that that's how we're supposed to move that's how things are supposed to go and we we, we grab that you know and and, and we, we our dreams get shaped by those by those realities by those narratives and then stuff happens in the course of our lives that sort of deter that whole entire dream you know so for me it also took me back to that young girl who may have you know thought of the white dress, the wedding, the, 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 the marriage at some point, and things just didn't go that way. And it, it took me to a point where I was very angry with God because I felt, what happened to my dream? You know, um, I, I'm, I'm in a situation now where it looks like my dream will never happen. And I got angry with God. So that's why I'm saying your, the, the, the title of this program is so pregnant and it got me so excited. It got me so excited, and I was like, I'm looking forward to what the Holy Spirit has about these unfulfilled things. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. And, you know, I was also excited to have you, to have you here as part of us. So, yeah, tell me something. As a young girl, what did you envision your life to be, like in all aspects? Career? You know what? Social, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I, let, me, let me be honest. You know, for me, my, my, my story starts very early. Um, I, I don't think I had, I had gotten to a point where I could say, this is my dream. 
ne? or this is what I'm envisioning for my life. I think it was just the, the like I say, you know, the realities around when you watch TV, you see a mom and a dad, you see a husband and a wife, you know? So, so I think it was pictures really that were there that were informing what the future is supposed to look like. But at that age, I hadn't gotten to a point where I was like, my life directly, my life is going to look like this, you know? Um, I, think, I think at those ages, really, what was important to me was playing outside with my friends um, and not get called back into the house too early, you know, so that I can enjoy being in the street and playing. And, and I think, you know, when, when, when my experience happened, and, and I'm not sure if I'm able now to actually open up about my story, because I don't want to leave. Okay, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess we can, because, all right, so, yeah, there are some people who found the title catch, they're like, what kind of title is this? So, yeah, let's say this, you wrote a book, it's called, I fell in love with my abuser, but God, so let's look at the title, let's, the bit, let's look at the bit. I fell in love with, with my abuser before the, before the bad God came into the picture. Let's look at that. Yeah. So maybe you can take us through right. that now. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Because I didn't want to just leave the conversation. So um, I, like, I like that people, it, it, it sort of triggered people. There was a reason why I chose this title. One of the reasons was to jog and to trigger curiosity in the mind of the person, but also to find out what people are going to think when they read it. A lot of people would come to me and after they've read the title of my book would say that, were you married to an abuser? You know, there are so many narratives that come from that title. But honestly, the, the, crux, the crux of that title goes beyond even the experience that I had. You know, when, when you've been abused, when you come from um, abuse, uh, an abusive, past, a traumatic past, one of the things that happen is you start defining yourself according to your experience. You, you, you start wearing it. To a point, you, you start owning, you own the, the, the pain, you own the experience, you own um, even the blame of the experience. I realized that in my life growing up, I actually assumed the, uh, the abuse myself. Way after my abuser had abused me, I was continuing his abuse on my life because the abuse that happened in my life, it happened at the age of five. So at the age of five, I, 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 I got um, sexually molested, something I did not even know what it was at the time it was happening. You know, because also of the era that I, I, I was growing up in, uh, sexual abuse was not talked about as it is now. So I, I didn't even have an understanding of what was happening. But it happened at that age, very young age, age five, age six, almost to age seven. Afterwards, I never saw my abuser, but the abuse continued. And I'll, I'll, I'll share a bit as to how it continued. So firstly, I changed. It changed me. I was a very happy, lively, loving child. You know, people who knew me even before this would tell you that I loved happiness and I loved love. You know, I, I enjoyed when people around me were happy. But after the experience, I changed. I was angry. I, I went dark. I went into myself. 
and I became a bully even, you know, I started becoming a bully. I was always angry. I was always involved in fights. So what had happened then is the, the abuse sort of played itself out in my own life now. And I, I, I didn't realize that I actually took over from my abuser and I started doing the abuse, not only to other people, but to myself as well. I became very self-destructive because one of the things that the abuse taught me, told me was I'm damaged now. After that experience, I am damaged now. And then in me came a resolve to say, if I'm already damaged, then what's the point of trying to not be damaged? What's the point of trying to be pure if I'm already damaged? So then what happened is I continued the abuse without my abuser being there. And, and, and now I, I always sort of placed myself in, in situations where I was going to be abused. And I would, I would place myself in these positions because that was, that was natural for me. That was what I knew. That was what I understood. And I think I got, I got comfortable with the narrative of being a victim because whenever somebody victimizes me, whenever somebody abuses me, then I can go back and verify and validate what I already know that, oh, Conte, I'm the victim, I'm the one who's damaged, I'm the one who gets abused anyway. So whenever abuse would then happen afterwards to me, it was like there was a validation to what I believed already, you know? And, 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 and so that, that really became my life. I, to cope, to cope with the pain, I, I started um, abusing substances. You know, I, I, I don't, we don't have a month for me to tell you the story chronologically, but I, I, I started abusing substances. I started using things to try and cope with what I was going through. Because also it was my secret. I never told anyone. It was our secret with my abuser because that's how it was, it was brought to me, it was taught to me. My abuser said this was our secret. This was a game that we played and I couldn't tell anyone because I couldn't break our trust, right? So, so it was then my own little secret that I always had to deal with in secret. And because of that, I needed ways to cope with the secret. And that's how I found myself in, in, in substance abuse and all of that, just trying to run away from this you know, from this experience and from this reality now that had shaped my life, that taught me that that was it for me, that was my limit and I was damaged. And I think, you know, to connect this to the title of the program, Unfulfilled Dreams, there, there was a reality in me that said, what, what, what are you doing dreaming? You, you don't deserve to dream. People like you don't dream because people like you don't have a future. Remember, you are already damaged. So you can't dream. You can't dream of success. You are damaged. You can't dream of marriage. You are damaged. You can't dream of having a child. People like you don't go that far. They don't get that far. They don't deserve a future like that. So I, I disqualified myself from dreaming, right? I disqualified myself from dreaming because I felt that, okay, people like me don't deserve don't deserve the things that dreams are made of, right? But I want to touch on this one because I feel that maybe, you know, there are some people, especially young people, 
who may be maybe dealing with this and struggle with this. One of the other things that actually um, that actually added upon that was the narrative that I would get from church, because at church I would hear sermons that speak to people who were pure. So in church, the the sermons were keep yourself pure, uh, keep yourself pure for this, for marriage, for all of these things. And really what that said to me as a young person was that, okay, so God does not have a narrative for people who are no longer pure, right? So, so for, because for me, I felt that back in the day at that time, there were no sermons that spoke about people who had fallen mm-hmm. off the wagon or without their, without their choices, but who then get damaged. There was no sermon that said, you still have dreams. The, 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 you know, the sermons that were pushed a lot that I, that I was hearing were for, were, were for pure people. As a result, I said, okay, so honestly, truthfully then, really, I don't have any business dreaming. I have no business dreaming. But before I give, back, I give over to you, I want to talk about the power of a dream. Because no matter how much I made that decision, there was a dream. There was a dream inside of me. I usually talk about this dream. I would be haunted by this dream at night. And I didn't know where it came from. As a young girl, I would have a dream of myself standing on a stage with an audience as big as a stadium. And I, was, I had a confidence as I was standing there. And I was speaking and I, I could see that whatever it is that I was saying was transforming the people. That was a dream that I would have that I didn't want to have, but it was there. So I want to talk about the power of a dream that even when you disqualified yourself, a dream doesn't die. A dream stays on no matter what happens in our lives. I wow. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. And it's it's amazing how like you're saying, I think it's the narrative, hey, it's it's we we it's easy to be so narrow-minded and be like, no, everyone has to be this, has to be this, has to be this. And we forget that some people will find themselves in circumstances not out of choice, but and even though it may be out of choice, they still they still have to be hope for all, you know. So yeah, so now I'm curious. How did we get to the but God beat? How did we how did you then find yourself out of this and still have the dream still there in your mind? How did you get to this point now? How did you get to this place where you get yourself out of the mud? Yeah, after all this. My goodness. Yeah. Um <laughs> there's so much. you know, there's so much in this in this topic. Um, I think I want to start it here actually, where um, I, I, I wanted to bring in Jeremiah 1. I wanted to bring in Jeremiah 1 first as like a pretext, you know, as a pretext to, to answering your question. That God says, um, I knew you before I formed you, right? Before you were in your mother's womb, before you were conceived, I called you. So I, I, I gave you a name. I, I gave you a purpose. As, you know, if, if, if we could rephrase that text, we could say God is saying, before anything was there, before you even came onto the scene, I had a dream about you, right? I had a dream about you, 
And I knew what I wanted, what I, I planned and purposed for your life. And that for me is, is huge. It's big, especially on the comma, but God part of this title. It is huge because we, we, I think we would do ourselves a favor by understanding that prior to our dreams, there was a God dream. Prior to our dreams, there was a dream about us. Before we could even have a concept of dreams, there was a dream about us. And that dream sort of encompasses our dreams, right? Because God then knew what he was dreaming and he brought us here for the sole purpose of fulfilling that dream that he had, right? So, so I, I, I want to use that as a preamble to answering the question of the but God part, but also, you know, when, when, whenever I get to this part, uh, I get very excited when I, when I talk about God, I, I just, I can't stop. So allow me, entertain Take you. your time, take um, your time. <laughs> you know, God says, let us make men according to our image, right? So I, I, I think when, 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 you, when you try and bring that to your level of understanding, God was saying in the beginning of time, let's make an extension of us on earth. That's really what that verse is saying. Let's make man in our own image. God was saying, let's make an extension of ourselves in the realm of earth, right? So we then come into earth as an extension of God, number one. Then Jeremiah tells us that we are a God dream. So we are an extension of God and we are a God dream type. Then stuff happens in our lives, okay? Then then, then life happens. Then, then Sarah Hina gets born and through the circumstances that I was born in. And, um, and then I get sexually molested at the age of five. And all the stuff that I write about in my book happens in my life. But all of this happens with the background that there's a God dream. There's a dream that is existing here. Before we get to the experiences, before we get to the, to the rape, before we get to the abuse, there's a God dream that precedes everything else that is going to come, right? So, so, so as then life happens, as we go through all of these painful things, there's this background that doesn't shift, that doesn't move, that says God dream, right? And that says extension of God on earth. So, so as I go through my, my, my journey, struggling to, to accept, struggling to deal with the pain that I come from and the pain that I had gone through, going through coping mechanisms, which never worked, substance abuse never worked. Instead, it, just, it would just require more from me. You know, um, I started drinking alcohol, but then alcohol required me to smoke. Then from smoking, it's going to then require for you to use a drug because it can't deal with your pain. No coping mechanism can deal with your pain. Take it from my life experience. I tried all of these things and none of them happened until they pushed me to suicide attempts. And, and, and you know, when I went through the suicide attempts, I was saying that, you know, if I, if I don't have a purpose on this earth, if God himself doesn't know why I'm here, because I felt that he didn't know why I'm here, because firstly, he lets this happen to me. He allows it to happen to me. 
Then after that, he allows me to go through this painful cycle of not understanding why this happened to me, of going through the pain and not healing from the pain, of going through all these coping mechanisms that are not working, of just going in around in circles and not moving on with my life. So I felt that even he didn't know what to do with me. So then I felt I was doing everyone a favor by just removing myself from the transaction of her. But God, but God, but God had a dream. You see, there it is. God had a dream. And I don't care what the enemy throws at you. And I don't care how hectic what the enemy throws at you. God has a dream. And before God's dream is fulfilled, you are not going anywhere because it is not your dream. It is a God dream. So then I was going through all of this and, and, and trying to, to kill myself and I would come back from hospital because I didn't die. But then I didn't know what I was here for. So then I come back to just going around in circles until a moment, a moment in my life where I feel that, you know, um, I, I, this, this was my turnaround moment. For me, this, my, this was my well. For the Samaritan woman, this was my well situation. And this was when, this was when I, I, I had met this, this young man who professed his love. I was used to meeting men who professed their love. So I, was, I met this guy, he professed his love, I rolled my eyes. But um, as, as you know, as I, I gave this man a chance, I realized that he really did, you know, love me as he would say. But with me, I was too angry. I was too angry. I was, I was still in pain. My trauma was still controlling everything. So for me, even love, even true love, even a person who would come to me with true love, I could not differentiate anymore because I was in too much pain. So when I saw that this man really meant what he said, for me, I felt that, okay, so maybe, maybe if God does not know what to do, maybe let me do something for myself. And I felt that I was going to avenge myself on this man. For me, I was like, this one, this one who says he loves me, this one who professes all these things is the one that I'm going to avenge myself on. This is where I'm going to take my pain out. This is where I'm going to deal with my trauma. I'm going to take it out here. And in that, in that relationship with this man, God comes in. God comes through. And you know, God is spirit. So when God enters our lives, it's not going to make sense, really. The way that God comes into our lives doesn't make sense. He meets the Samaritan woman at the well. You know, logical people, spirit, you know, religious people would say, no, she's supposed to meet him in church, not at the yes. well. You know, that, that can't be Jesus at the well speaking like that because we want logic. But when God comes through into our stories, he's not going to ask anyone's permission. He's not going to want to make sense to anyone. He's not, because remember, it's a God dream. So he enters my story like the well with the Samaritan woman where I'm in a very difficult position where I wanted to hurt this man. I wanted to hurt him so bad because I was angry, I was enraged, and my pain was bleeding, okay? My emotions were, had, had taken over. 
So in that moment, I hear words that come out of this man's mouth, but I didn't really hear his voice saying them, but I saw that he was saying the words, but I didn't really hear his voice. But the words were saying, whatever it is that you are going through in there, I want you to tell it, it's time to go because I'm not going anywhere. You see, when, when he said these words, first of all, I had never shared with him my story. I had never told him where I come from. He didn't know my background. So for me, there was no way he could know what he was saying. And as a result, I felt that whoever is talking here, whoever is bringing me this message is someone who knows where I come from, who knows my story. And, and, and the choice of the words, really, for me, the choice of the words, who, whatever it is that you're dealing with in there, tell it it's time to go because I'm not going anywhere, all right? And, and, and in my life, I felt that people just came into my life, took what they wanted and left. Even boyfriends who came into my life hurt me and left. I just felt that that was my life. People come in, take what they want, and then discard of me. But the choice in the words of this statement were, tell it, it's time to go, because I'm not going anywhere. As if to say that what you've been crying about all your life, I am coming to deal with exactly that, right? And, and, and I think, you know, um, um, if you remember, I said to you that I had, a, I had a dream. I had a dream growing up that would invade my, 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 my thought space. I didn't know where it came from, but it would invade my thought space. I didn't know where this dream came from, but it was always in me. It haunted me, even though it didn't look like my reality. There was a dream in me that I could see. And, and I think... I think, you know, um, um, one, of, one, of the, one of the things that are, are very crucial for me to share on this platform, the reason why I'm sharing my, my story is just to relate to someone. I'm using my story to relate to someone, but I don't want to dwell too much on my story because each and every one of us has a story. So I don't want to dwell too much on my story, but I'm bringing it in just to relate to someone. But something very crucial Something very crucial that I want us to, to, to really hang on to is the God dream, right? The God dream when we're speaking about unfulfilled dreams, the, the, the alignment of my dream to God's dream. And, and I think I want to choose also different stories, not just mine, but different stories to align, to, to, to bring that together. Joseph, Joseph has a dream, not of, his, not of himself, there's no young man who can ever dream about the moon and the stars bowing. There's no way that can be just logical from the flesh. But he has those dreams. And you know what? I can, I can, I can even maybe picture him after having those dreams, trying to see how that could happen. Now, trying to see how that could happen. Maybe he's going to be invited by a politician at some point. Maybe, you know, he's going to... Hey, you know, you know how we, when God gives us a vision and we start trying to find out the direction we're going to take there, which maybe he's going to find favor, you know, with some, you know, some high society people. And then that's how he's going to be high up there and all the others are going to bow down. Yeah, so maybe that's how he saw it. He's already studying whilst his brothers are not studying. 
So maybe through his studying, that's how he's going to reach the point where they're going to bow down to him. So maybe he had a dream that was secondary, you know, that came as a result of the first dream, which came from God. But look at the, 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 the roots, look at the, the way to the dream, look at how God brings the dream about. He gets thrown, in fact, he gets thrown into the ditch by his brother. I don't think that's part of his dream to get to, to, to having to start bowing down to him. They, then, they sell him. then they sell him to slavery. I don't think that that was part There's of his no dream. Hope. No. There's no hope, right? Then he becomes a slave. I don't think that was in his dream. Then he goes to jail. I don't yeah. think that was part of his dream. But he then works together to go and fulfill the, the dream. ultimate, yes. God dream. The dream. God dream. And I, I, I feel that if we can be taught this at a very young age, that there's a dream. When we stepped into this realm, there was a dream that existed. And we're not going to check out of this realm until that dream is fulfilled. I believe that if we can be taught this at a young age, we would be able to handle, we would be able to handle the detours along the way because then we would know that I don't care how many attacks come I don't care how it looks like I'm not going to reach it. It is a God dream. And by virtue of it being a God dream, it is going to prevail. To prevail. I am yes. going to make it to that, to that uh, palace. To the finishing I line, yes. Stars bow down to me only because it's a God dream. So True. God's dream about that young girl, that five-year-old young girl who went through a terrible a terrible traumatic experience that no five-year-old should go through. But because there was a God dream that preceded that girl, she's still here today. And she's telling someone who comes from the first sentence that says, I fell in love with my my abuser. It doesn't end with a full stop. It ends with a comma because there's a God dream that still needs to come into play. And after the comma comes but to say that, we see what you come from. We see that your brothers sold you. We see that you were enslaved. We see that you come from prison. But God, God has a dream, but God is going to make sure that the prison that you're in is next door to the palace. God is going to make sure that the rape that tried to kill you at the age of five is the weapon that you are going to use in your peoples today to go and get others out of jail. I'm not meant to preach on this platform. <laughs> <laughs> it's the spirit, is the spirit. And yes, we need that. And there have been some, I, I've lost touch, but there have been so many comments coming through. I saw, I saw um, Eliza Mbiriri saying, yes, but God, you know, I saw uh, Mahaji was just saying, wow, amen. There's so many people who've been sending their comments right there. And I'm like, okay, let me, Take your time. Take your time. We need this. (laughs) It's all right. So, yeah, like you're saying, sometimes this experience, someone may be out there and they're thinking, 
it's just me who's gone through an experience. And like you're saying, we, we have different stories, different stories, and it's easy to hold on to that trauma and to think that I don't deserve anyone's recognition or anyone's luck or even to live up to that God dream that God had for me to start with and to think that I'm so insignificant. So it's, it's, it's beautiful now how even in the, in the way our stories are different, they definitely speak to different people at different levels. And at the end of the day, we need to, to realize that God has a plan for each and every one of us. I remember reading this, 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 this thing that I was saying, the reason why God gave us different fingerprints was for us to touch the world in a way that no one else can. So the moment that we then forget that God still is us, he expects us to put that imprint and everywhere we go. You still wanted that Sarahina in, in, imprint, even amidst all that pain, the trying to cope with the said, uh, with the different mechanisms that, that were so far from, from what you did, you really did need. So yeah, now... I'm trying to, I, I've learned so much. I don't know where to start from now. So after all this now, what lessons have you learned, uh, have, you gathered, have you gathered along this journey of yours that you would want someone to learn out there? What are the lessons that this has taught you? Oh my goodness. What are the lessons? Goodness me. Um, uh, there's, 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 a, there's a conversation I love. There's a conversation I love um, John, John, the disciple John, sends a message to God when he was in prison. He sends a message to Jesus. He sends a message to Jesus through his disciples. And he says, go and find out if that is him or should we wait for another? For another. Because he's looking at his dream. John had a dream that when Jesus comes, these people who were messing us around here, these people who, who were abusing us, they're going to know when our Jesus comes here. They're mm -hmm. going to know who we are. You know that thing when you say, no, it's fine. You guys That's can do it. You guys can do it. But when my father comes here, come. yo, people don't want to You know that when Jesus steps in, everybody's going to have to because they must know. Now things are not happening according to that. This is an unfulfilled dream, right? Things are not happening that way. And then he sends a message to say, uh, uh, they can't, this cannot be. This cannot be the one. Because according to how I saw it, according to what I dreamt when he comes through, this was not the way not he was it. going to come through. You know? And sometimes, you know, I want to talk to someone, maybe reality today, COVID-19, at times when we pray for our people who are sick. And we're like, God must heal. Right. This person he has must to. live. God must, he has to. And we pray. And then the person dies. And like John, we're like, there's no way that could be Jesus. Mm -mm. Somebody, somebody call heaven to find out if we are still in this story. There's still a gospel here. Is there still a God who's listening to our prayers? Because the way that we are losing our people seems like it's not the way we expected. It's not the way we dreamt it. It's not the way we thought it was going to look like. The answer that Jesus gives John says, he, 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 fine, he asks the questions that aren't the lame uh, walking, aren't the blind seeing, aren't the deaf hearing. But then there was a line, which for me, I think was the lesson from my story. Jesus says, blessed is he who is not, who does not get offended by me. Blessed is he who is not offended, offended by me because the will of God is offensive to the flesh. 
Amen. The will wow. of God is offensive to the flesh. The flesh gets offended by the will of God because the will of God does not make sense. The will of God does not make logical sense. We can't explain it. When people say to us, where is your God when you are losing your people? We can't answer because the flesh is offended. But I, re- I also believe that what, what Jesus was saying to John was, stop looking at this according to the flesh. Stop Amen. looking at this according to the flesh. Start transcending. Look at this from the spirit because once you see the spirit, you will then, you will then be privy to the God dream. And then you will realize that the God dream is being fulfilled through your life. Through your life, the point of it all is being manifested. The God mm-hmm. dream is being fulfilled. You know, um, one of the questions, two questions, three. Okay, many questions, but let me just... <laughs> <laughs> questions I had for Jesus, questions I had for God was, where were you? Why did you allow it? Why did you allow it to happen to me? What did I ever do to you for you to find that it's okay for me at the age of five to go through that? Why? That was my question. And, and I believe that even for the journey that he had for me, he wanted to answer that question for me. And, 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 and the, the answer to that question changed everything for me and made me understand what I've just said now about the will of God being offensive because he, you know, in his answer, he gives me the answer that we are used to. Um, I was, you know, where was I? I was at the same place that I was at when Jesus was on the cross. You know, very religious answer, which made me more angry because I don't want religion right now. I just want an answer. But then the explanation for me, my personal explanation from that, because you know the word of God has to be personal for it to be powerful. So my personal um, revelation of that answer then was when he explained what it meant that when that girl at the age of five was going through that, that was not, that was not in God's initial plan for our lives. You know, just like the, the Garden of Eden, just like Caleb and Abe, and Abel, just like all of those stories were now as a result of a happening, it was not part of the plan, but it was part of the results that then came from what happened. So we are now at results level where this is where we are. So when it happened at the age of five, it didn't come from God, did not come from God. But then God, Romans 8, 28, all things. All things, not some. For good. For those, for those who love and who are loved by God and called according to his his purpose. So God says that just like when Jesus was on the cross and it was painful and it didn't make sense and it didn't come from God, but it worked together for the plan. For the good. God sat down. He says, I could have gone to save Jesus from that cross. I could have gone and picked him up and take him back to heaven. I could have done something, but because I had a dream before Jesus came through his mother's womb, I had a dream that this young man's life and death and resurrection is going to buy him salvation. So because of that, even as God, 
I'm going to sit down and I am going to let my dream play itself out. I'm going to let my dream play itself out. And you know, when, when God does that, he also suffers the, 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 he suffers knowing the heartbreak, he, the pain, the, the heartbreak, but also the guilt, the blame that is going to come from us. How could you? What kind you, of a parent yeah. are you? To are just you? sit when your child is on the cross. How could you? He had to take all of that, knowing that there's a dream that's being fulfilled. fulfilled. And just wait for the third day. It will all make sense when he gets to the third day. When he comes back from that grave, you will understand what the dream was. So then God says at the age of five, when it did not make sense and when it was painful, there was a dream. And God says, yes, I could have stopped it. I could have stopped it. But there was a dream. And I said, if you can just wait for the third day, if you can just wait it out, this girl is going to come back. And when this five-year-old girl who is being abused right now, when she comes back from it, she doesn't come back just on her own. She doesn't come back just with herself. She comes back with a power that you cannot understand. She comes back to bring a headache to the devil. She comes back to shake the bearings of hell because she went through it. So then he says, he sat down, even though he could have stopped it because he knew that his dream was being rolled out. His dream was being fulfilled. God knew that today on this date, I'm going to be on this platform in Zimbabwe and I'm going to be sharing my story. He yep, knew it when I was being abused at the age of five. He said, she's not going to die until the dream is fulfilled. So somebody who is stuck right now and they feel that there is no way of coming out. There's no way my situation can ever change. It happened. It was painful. I'm living with the pain. I've accepted it. There's no way it will change. I've come. I have come to challenge that notion. I have come to challenge that narrative to say that say that, that was not was not dream for your life. That was not God's dream for your life. God's dream for your life is still being rolled out. And until the comma is put, fight for the comma. Do not accept the full stop. Fight for the comma and get God to write the new narrative after the comma. Let your butt come after the, 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 the comma. So one, 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 one lesson for me that came out was that, yes, God's will is offensive, but only to the flesh, which means when I don't want to get offended, my prayer should be transcend me from the flesh to the spirit. Transcend me from the level of the flesh to the spirit so that I can see your dream. Because once I get to see your dream, then I can withstand whatever is thrown at my flesh. Whatever is thrown at my flesh, I can then take it because I know the dream that God is fulfilling in my life, right? And and I mean, I mean, I think this is this, you know, the title of your program is really what we read about everyone in the Bible. Everyone in the Bible has a story of something like an unfulfilled dream, dream. but then God's dream coming through to be fulfilled through their lives. You know, Esther, Esther, Esther is a child who grows up with no parents and I'm sure she had dreams to turn her life around, to go and work somewhere, to find a husband, all of these things. But God messes up her plans 
and he intercepts her plans and he says, you're going to be married to the king of the enemy. You are going to go and get married. You are going to be sold there to be a queen on the other side. And, and I'm sure that was an unfulfilled dream that didn't make sense until, until we saw that God the had Israelites. a dream to use this orphan girl to break his people free from free. that money. Until the comma, but God of your life, you don't throw in the towel. You don't, don't give up. You pray for God to elevate you to the spirit, but you never throw in the in towel the until towel. God writes his story. Wow, thank you so much. And I'm sure we all need that. And like you highlighted at the beginning, our event, especially in 2020, this is the message that we need to especially understand that it's easy to feel now it's time to throw in the towel. Now it's time to give up. And I like the, the story, the, the story that you that you gave at the beginning of John the Baptist. I remember listening to a sermon that said, Don't doubt in the in the darkness what God has told you in the light. And it's easy to say now is the time of the darkness and to forget that no, God has had that dream for you. God has that plan for you. But when we find ourselves in that dark hole, that mud, you're like, how am I going to come out of this? And like you're saying, with, with human hands, with human um, ideas, the substances, you try and think maybe this could be my way out or, you know, some people try to find love, realize, no, this is not it. But once we find God, he's the only one who can be able to help us deal with this. So now I have a question. What would you tell someone who's going through this? Oh, I understand. Cry for it hurts, but allow your tears to lift another person for you. For you were born for such a time as this. Thank you so much, Ayanda. So now I'm thinking, what would you tell someone who might be going, who's still trying to find their way out of the mud? You know, having yet gone through some abusive circumstances and they are wondering, am I even worth a thing? I think that's the, the other um, sad reality of our generation today. So that in the end, we try to, to, to find our worth in things or by associating with certain people because we can't find our identity in Christ. So how do you get to the point where you accept yourself in Christ and once you get there, nothing, nothing can take you down. So what would you tell someone who's still trying to find their way out of the mud? And some healing. You know, I, I, think, I, think, I think this takes me back to the story that you started with, the story of Tamar. Um, Tamar tried to look for her restoration in her perpetrator. Né? Tamar tried, to, Tamar tried to, 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 to get the fixing of her situation um, through the same person who hurt her. We had initiated. Um, yeah. She, she, she tried to, to, to look for her way out with, you know, in people, in people, because she, she tried to, 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 to sort this thing out between her and the person who abused her. And that proved to, to get her into more pain because not only now is she, is she raped by the brother, now she's rejected by the brother over and above that. Now he makes himself better than her. Now she looks like she's the scum and he is just, you know, he's, he's a son, okay. yeah, she's the scum. You know, so, so, so the more we try to look for our solutions in people, the more we try to look for our restoration and our healing in people, we actually, we, we, we dig the hole even more. We, 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 we dig the hole even deeper and we go down even deeper because 
We're trying to look for our help and our solution from people. That's why many of us, and you know, we, we, we are not healing because we're still waiting for the people that hurt us to come and acknowledge that they've hurt us and say that they are sorry. And as a result, we are stuck. We're not moving because we're still waiting for Amnon to come and acknowledge and say that he is sorry. But I love the story of the three, the three Hebrew boys. The three Hebrew boys, and I'm going to come to, to, to practicalizing this in my story too, but the three Hebrew boys, when they were thrown in the fire, remember they were thrown in the fire by the king, okay, sending his soldiers, but they were tied up and they were thrown in there. And then we know what happened, what the story says happened in the fire. They met this fourth guy in the fire and they were having a chill time. They are busy with the chill time inside a fire. But then the beauty in that story for me is when they have to come out. The king calls them to come out, right? The king calls on them. And then the Bible says that they walked out of the fire. They didn't wait for the people who threw them in the fire to come and take them out of the fire. They didn't wow. stay in the fire and say that you guys threw us here, so you come and take us out. They came out of the fire because within the fire, they got empowerment. Within their trouble, within the, the problem that they were still in, within the fire, the flames, they got empowerment. They took their eyes off the king when they were in the fire. They took their eyes off the soldiers when they were in there. They took their eyes off the people who were watching as they were burning. They looked to Jesus inside the fire. Uh, so whilst yeah. they were going through their pain, whilst it was still fresh, whilst the wound is still open, they shifted their focus. They stopped focusing on, the, on their perpetrator. They stopped focusing on their abuser. They looked to Jesus. And when they looked to Jesus, they got the empowerment they needed. When they looked to Jesus, by beholding, we become changed Don't like change. him. So when, 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 when they looked, to him they didn't wait for the fire to stop for them to look to jesus they looked to jesus when the fire was still flay and flamed while the fire was still going they looked to jesus and because of that when it was time to come out of the fire when it was time to now come out of the healing process so that they can move on with their lives when it was time for the next season of their lives when it was time for the new chapter to be written they were able to walk out of the fire and not even look back to the fire. They were able to start a new narrative after the fire without bringing the fire into the new chapter. So what helped them was where their focus was in was their pain. I, what God did for me in my life, he took away from me even the appetite to avenge myself because for many years, I wasted many years wanting to avenge myself on that man. As a result, I even gave myself a purpose saying that I'm gonna make every man pay. I'm gonna make every man pay for what that man did to me. And I wasted my time focusing on my abuser whilst maybe he's continuing with his life and I'm stuck what here trying life? to make pay. He's continuing maybe with his life but Mina, I'm stuck here, not moving because I'm focusing on him and everybody else 
I'm, I'm blaming everybody, people who were not there for me, people who didn't protect me, everybody, but my life is stuck. It was only until God said, stop it, stop looking at them. And he didn't give me a choice really because then my abuser died. My abuser died. So now God was like, Is, are you going to be stuck in your life because of someone who's six someone feet who under died? Now? Who died? Are you going to be stuck now because someone in the grave is holding your life hostage? So God then took me through a journey where he said, look to me. If you want to blame anything, blame me because I know how to answer for myself. If you want to ask questions, don't ask your abuser. Don't ask your parents. Don't ask your family. Ask me. And in that journey, what I didn't realize was that he was, he was changing my focus to him. He wanted me to make everything about him. He wanted me to make my healing about him so that as I make my healing about him, he empowers me to be able to get out of the fire. And now, after that, I realized, like Joseph said to his brothers when they said sorry to him, and he said, there's nothing to forgive because God wanted me in Egypt. That was what I said when then God said, now I've empowered you, walk out of the fire. I said, no, God wanted me to speak the way I do. God wanted Amen. me to carry the testimony that I'm carrying. It has nothing to do with my abuser. He's not going to take credit for my life. It is God who wanted me on the, in the position that I'm in today. So then it had nothing to do with my abuser. Let us let these people go. When we let them go, we are not saying what they did was, was all right. We are not saying what they did was good. We are not letting anyone off the hook. We are letting ourselves free to be available for the purpose, the God dream that was there before we entered okay. the earth. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much for that. And I... I defied my tears, but well, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm, and I, and I like the narrative that 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 yeah, that you say it. How we expect the very same people who threw us into the mud to be the ones to take us out when it's not about them, you know. But it's about focusing, having the focus on the right person, the right person who is the bad God. Yes, that's what we need to focus on. So yeah, as we come to the close, if you could be in conversation with younger versions of yourselves. From the five-year-old you, from before the five-year-old, or maybe the seventeen-year-old is looking for revenge. What would you tell me? What would you tell me? <laughs> you. <laughs> what would I tell her? In a, in, in a, you know, I would give her a whole book, but then in a few <laughs> seconds, what would I tell her? Um, you can address her in the in the different stages if if that's better. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think, you know, um, the, the, the girl before the abuse, I think I would tell her that no one can ever dim her light. No one can steal her light. No one can steal what God brought her on this earth with. No one can steal her gift. Whatever she's going to go through, no one has the power to take what God placed in her. So I would tell her to keep her light, to keep her spark, no matter what she goes through. The girl who got abused, the girl who, who went through the abuse, the sexual abuse, I would hold her in my arms and I would say to her, thank you. I would actually salute that girl who got abused because it was on her back 
that this woman who's speaking on this platform today stands upon. You know, we say that we stand upon the shoulders of giants. My little giant is a five-year-old girl who went through what she went through and who didn't die from it. And today I stand upon her shoulders and I'm doing the work of God. And I would say to her that at some point, God is going to borrow her boat. And I'm very proud of the fact that she's going to allow him to borrow her boat and use it to minister to scores of people. The teenager, the teenage girl who was angry, who wanted to destroy everything, who gave herself a purpose to destroy people. I would tell that teenage girl that it is all right. I understand her. I don't blame her because the pain she's carrying is too much. But I would also tell her that the bricks that God used to build her are strong enough to carry that pain. So she mustn't give up. She must continue because there's a dream about her that was there before she was born. And that girl who wanted to kill herself, I would say to her that that would have been such a robbery to earth because God needs her flavor in this earth. The puzzle is not finished without her peace. So if she can just hold on a little bit longer so that we can finish God's puzzle, God's dream on this earth. That's what I would say to the younger me. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you so much for that. And that was a mouthful. I've learned and... It was speaking to me, and I'm sure it was speaking to the rest of the audience as well. And I appreciate you um, to allow yourself to come and be vulnerable. You know, it's easy to talk about the easy, the beautiful stories, the success stories, but sometimes it's hard to come and revisit that story. You've shared it several times and to keep revisiting it and sharing. But from that strength, you know, you, you keep empowering the next person, you know. So, yeah, I'm really grateful. So, yeah, now as we get to the close of our segment, I was enjoying this. I, I kept feeling like we'll get to two hours. <laughs> but it has to be done. <laughs> so, what would be your parting words for us today as we get to the close of the segment? You know, um, I, 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 I love the scripture. And you know what? I, I will sound like a broken record until I die. I don't care. I'm going to, you know, the gospel is like that. You know, the gospel, you don't need to try and, 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 you know, put stuff on it. It is good the way it is. You can repeat the story of Jesus a thousand times and it will still carry out. But the story, I think I want to end this with in terms of unfulfilled dreams and the topic for this afternoon. I shared this a couple of days ago, but I feel that it is that powerful. Genesis 5. Um, <clears throat> Genesis 5. In fact, Genesis 4 towards the end and then Genesis 5. The new narrative. The new narrative, the God dream about us where God puts a comma and says, there's a new narrative in your dream and all your experiences have been a culmination to this new narrative. Eve, Eve having come from a past of many unfulfilled dreams, a past of condemnation, a past of guilt, a past of he being heavy laden, a past of feeling like the biggest sinner on, in the history of earth, actually. All of those realities around her. And God decides to visit her life towards the end of Genesis 4, where he brings 
her another child after the two got after the first got murdered and the other just went missing god brings her seth and she says god has appointed another seed for me god has brought another dream for me god has another narrative god has another chapter god has another story about my life i can still be a mother i can still be a mother to a child who's going to do things on earth and as a result god then rewrites the entire story of creation in genesis 5 he starts it all over again and he starts with creation and then when he gives us the children of adam and eve he says and and they bore a son and named him seth seth who then is in the genealogy of jesus people who are on this platform everybody who's listening right now you may be coming from a terrible difficult traumatic story traumatic past that seems like it is a death sentence it's a dead end for you but god has a new seed god has a new story god has a new narrative god has a new chapter for your life open up to god so that he can write your chapter 5 open your heart up to receiving from god the new seed that is going to bloom in your life and give birth to fruits that are going to show you that god fulfills his dream in our lives we may be carrying unfulfilled dreams but those are seeds for god's dream to be fulfilled in in our lives god bless you thank you so much amen amen thank you so much thank you so much and i'm sure we've learned so much um from this experience you know i it has spoken to me so much and i'm sure it has spoken to many out there so before you go before you go someone when someone saw the title like you talked about it's it's, it's triggered eh so the moment a lot of people they saw the title they're like what a lot of people like it this captured me and then i happened to let the kid out of the bag to one of the people i'm like actually she wrote a book with that title if not just a title for this program there's a whole book from that title so i'm sure there are yep. people who out there may may still be wanting to know the rest of the story there is a book i fell in love with my abuser but god so we need to have a plan how do we get hold of this book i know we talked about it <laughs> but how do we get hold of this book in zimbabwe you can make it official now yes that. you can make it official <laughs> i want to share that plan exactly i want to make that plan very official so here's how you get the book in zimbabwe specifically here's how you get the book in zimbabwe we have an agent in zimbabwe who will be distributing our book in zimbabwe and that is none other than your host it's like your host Ursula here yes. yeah, so everybody in zimbabwe we can get in touch with Ursula and she's our liaison now in zimbabwe for us to get the book through there otherwise in other different places if you are interested in the book you get in touch with us on social media sarahina mayoyo or facebook or you can come through directly to our whatsapp our office whatsapp which is 0728638185 and you can place your orders there amen thank you for that so yeah i'm your person if you need that book <laughs> the person is here in zoom and yes you can make um 
you can you can get in touch of, in touch with her. Uh, she's active on Instagram and Facebook. So much content, con content, so much for the you you you. It's hard to believe that this is where this person is coming from. Because the way she's on fire for God, it's just amazing. But place your orders on that number on the screen there if you need it. Uh, if it's not in Zimbabwe, and if it's in Zimbabwe, get in touch with me, and we can make it happen. So yeah, thank you so much, and it's been nice. It's been lovely. We say this is a forty-five minute show, but as you can see. <laughs> but it's amazing <laughs> we are not restricting the spirit of god so yeah as we come to the close um so yeah she says wow wow sorry now amen psalm 27 verse 18 i remain confident of this i will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living thank you so much i am going amen and Alice says the nashe okay 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 so i couldn't do that so yeah so as we as we come to the close um we're going to read our quote that we are going to to be um, to be using as a conclusion today. The quote um, is going to be displayed just now. It comes from a guy called Brian. Um, it talks about how, like like you're saying, it's it, it, it's from Brian McGill. It says, "We are all damaged. We have all been hurt. We have all had to learn painful lessons. We are all recovering from some mistake, loss, betrayal, abuse, injustice, or misfortune. All of life is a process of recovery that never ends. We each must find ways to accept and move through the pain and to pick ourselves back up. For each pain of grief, grief, depression, doubt, or despair." There is an inverse towards renewal coming to you in time. Each tragedy is an announcement that some good will indeed come in time. Be patient with yourself. And with that, we get to the close of our program. It's been interesting. I've been blessed so much. And I'm sure we've all learned so much from this. And we, I'm sure we are, there are so many people who are looking forward to reading, to getting a hold of the copy themselves. So for now, from me, your host, Ashla Nora, and from Ms. Sarahina, I think it's time to say bye. This is the end of the episode 13. Let's meet again, episode 14, with more, more, more to learn from God. May God bless you. Stay safe. God bless you. When peace like a river, our tender.